Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online worldwide at SEMOESPN.com. And if you'd like to listen on your smartphone, we've got a free app for that. You can go to your app store, search for SEMO ESPN. It's a free download. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Bolin inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's our EBOMD huddle hotline number, 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline powered by EBOMD. Jess Bolin in the house. We had, uh, we had about eight hours of playoff football yesterday. And then we had uh, St. Louis Blues hockey at the same time as the Buccaneers-Eagles game. We were uh, loaded last night. Not so much tonight, but last night, starting about 3.30 in the afternoon. Or if you wanted to watch the CBS pregame show, they had an hour pregame. So right around 2.30, it all got underway. Well, I watched all of it and only got entertained by the Buffalo game. Um, Eagles are... Somebody shot the Eagles down. They're dead or dead in the water. And then I watched the Blues game, disappointed there. And I even flipped in and got the last two or three Emmy Awards. So I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. Ask me anything you want to ask me. Do you see the standing ovation that, uh, um, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Christina Applegate that she got? No, I did not. Got a standing ovation. She's been fighting a public battle with MS. And so she came out to be a presenter, got a standing O, and she got a little emotional about it. Then she cracked some jokes, lightened the mood a little bit, but it was pretty cool. Uh, that, wasn't she the one who's on Married with Children? Yeah. Yeah, Kelly Bundy. Uh, doesn't she have breast cancer also? Uh, she did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a battler. I'd like to hurt it, but um, didn't. I did not check out the Emmys. Wasn't uh, interested. Well, me neither, really. I mean, I just noticed that it was on and thought, well, I'll see who wins the best. I don't even know what the, em- the Emmys are. TV awards, aren't they? Yeah, I wanted to yeah. see the. Uh, I wanted to see the Eagles go down in flames, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and um, well, the playoffs are shaping up now. You know, second round. Let me let mm-hmm. me ask you this: when you watch. On Valley Sports, you watch a Cardinals post-game show, right? How often do you hear uh, any intense criticism when you watch a Valley's post-game show for the Cardinals or the Blues? The criticism. Yeah, I mean, if if there was a it was a bad performance. How how much do I watch it? No, how much do you think that you see? I don't think criticism I see very much. of the Cardinals. Once in a while, you'll see Al Bosky say no, something. I don't, they, they're afraid to rattle the boat with establishment. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is different. Oh yeah, here, they are. Here yeah. is the post. Just a, a snippet last night. Michael Barkin, Barrett Brooks <clears throat> on the Eagles post game live show last night. After the Eagles, who started the season 10-1 and and then dropped six of their last seven games. This is the Eagles postgame show last night. But I started to say we want to place blame at a time like this. And and a lot of times it it would seem to be unfair to talk about, well, you know, they all tried to, etc. Blame is what's needed here because something's wrong if you lose (laughs) six out of your last seven games, including the final one, to go home for the winter. Something is wrong. And I said it all starts to go uphill. And you can start with Jalen Hurts and the offensive line. Three of five are pro bowlers. Jason Kelly. Kelsey is an all-pro again. That's all well and good, but it goes up to the coordinators, and it goes, there, this is Jalen Hurts coming off the field. First got number one on your jersey and number one off the field. There he goes. And he was, I, I don't care what the passer rating said, he played a horrible game tonight. He did not play a game like an MVP caliber quarterback should play. He did not play a game that we expected him to play. You get a... Calm down, calm down. I understand what he... He was, he was but see, terrible. I understand that, but we need... We, we, yes, 
Well, we, we, want terrible. we want to blame, but at this point, let, let's let's talk about the inefficiencies first. Let's talk okay. about the lack of, of tackling. Hurts. No. No, right, we'll, we'll start with that. We, let's, lack of tackling, uh, lack of motivation going into the game. They got a little Same. bit halfway through the game, but you know, you just saw teams that want it and teams that don't want it. The Eagles did not deserve to be in the playoffs right now. Just like I said, it's an epic, epic slide from from being ten and one to where they are now, winning one game. This is absolutely atrocious. I understand that, but but come on, man. This is this is this is the worst breakdown I've ever seen in my life. But we what saw a team it coming. Like that. I, yeah, we did see it coming. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to listen to it. But I mean, after every show, when I go into this, when I go into game day, I know the pregame show. I'm gonna come in, and everything is fine, you know, because I, I I give them a, a blank sheet of paper. I tell them what they need to do and then what they don't need to do, how they can win the game. But then at the end of the game. I got to tell the truth. The truth is, this team did not belong in the playoff. This team was not ready to be in the playoff. This team right now played the worst football I've ever seen in the past seven weeks. Whoa. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. (laughs) Oh, man. You know, when you give your opinion on uh, a game or a person or something like that. That's not the national postgame show. That's the Eagles postgame show. Um. Sometimes, you know, just like Jalen Hurts. Now, he's, what, was he, $150, $200 million quarterback? I don't know. Yeah, he got a big extension. Crazy. I do think this. I'm all for signing a guy up and getting him a three-year contract or so, you know, like Goldschmidt or Arnado, people like that, and like Jalen Hurts. But I do think this. I think some people, when they get that money and it's locked in, their performance regresses. And I'm not saying that's what happened to Jalen Hurts, but I do think it happens a lot. A lot more people know. When you're trying to prove yourself, you're trying to get to that point, you play one way, and then when you got to that point, you know, you're set up for life. Your performance now, you don't want to get hurt. You don't want to take any chances. He signed a five-year $255 million contract. That's the highest annual salary in the league, $51 million per year. So he's, his contract is worth over a quarter of a billion dollars. There you go. And I don't blame anybody that's buying tickets, going out and sitting in the cold or whatever to try to watch them play. As an athlete, I've always believed this, even with my ball club. When you put that uniform on, your performance should be the best you got, no matter who you're playing or whatever. Now, certainly, if you're playing a team that you should just walk over, they're just you're on, they're on a schedule because they want to play you so bad, maybe and play in your park or something like this. You know, I don't know if your performance is up to what it should be, but if you put that uniform on, you walk out there. Anybody drove up to watch you play, whether they pay or not, they're spending their time to sit down and watch you play. You owe it to them to perform like you're suitable to be in that uniform. And then when you're getting all that kind of money, I think it's imperative that you go out and it shouldn't even be a question that you give the best you got. And I don't know that I saw the best they got on the Eagles. Do you? What's, what? Guys running right by guys that could tackle them. I mean, it didn't act like they wanted to tackle anybody. I was watching the Manning cast on that last touchdown by Tampa Bay where the wide receiver just sprinted to the middle of the field by everybody. And they just happened to be talking to Ray Lewis at the time. And Lewis was going crazy talking about how they don't know how to take angles on guys and all the mistakes that the Eagles were making on defense. Philadelphia gave up 426 yards to Tampa Bay, who has a fairly average offense. They got a couple of good wide receivers. The Philadelphia Eagles had 276 yards. One of the assets of having a quarterback like Jalen Hurts is his ability to also run the ball. One carry, five yards for Jalen Hurts. You know, you sit back and you think, if I was a coach, okay, we were 10-1. and one. Now we've lost, what, six out of the last seven. Where, let me see film on both of these 
you know, certain games in the first 11 and the last seven, see where I'm at. Because, you know, it's a fine line. I've said this so many times. It's a fine line between playing the Oakland A's and the Dodgers. The Oakland A's may be the worst team in baseball, weren't they, last year? Oh, yeah. One of the worst. And the Dodgers may be the best. I know they didn't win it, but they might be the best talented team. It's not. It's a fine line between a certain just go out there for a certain game. But when you're ten and one, you're not doing a whole lot of things wrong. You're covering for each other. You're picking up right angles on a guy. You're, uh, you know, you're bumping him at the line of scrimmage. Maybe knock him off better. Uh, you want to tackle that guy more. I don't know what it is, but I'd want to watch games on both ends of it and see where, and then compare. Because I don't think the effort is there. And I think that's what those two guys were griping about. It's one thing to fail because you just don't have the talent. But to go out there and put up 10 out of 11, then all at once, I know injuries play a big part. I understand that. But everybody else has injuries, too. I just don't. Uh, I, I was bored in that game. And I didn't really care who won. I mean, it wasn't an issue. I wanted Tampa Bay if I had my choice for them to win. But it really wasn't an issue to me. I didn't care. I wanted Baker Mayfield to win. I did, too. I did, too, because he's coming off the scrap heap kind of, found him a, maybe found him a home there. And uh, so I was I was wanting to see him win. But as far as really, it, I didn't have a dollar on the game or anything else. I couldn't care less. It doesn't mean anything to me is what I'm saying, who wins. But, boy, the performance means a lot to me. If I'm going to sit there and waste three hours watching the game, I didn't – I was – Put it this way, out of all the playoffs I've seen so far, and I know there have been some blowouts, but the Eagles <laughs> was the most boring team I've watched in the playoffs so far. And apparently, um, <clears throat> after the game, Jason Kelsey told his teammates that that was it for him. He was going to retire, and they... I think it was good on the broadcast that they talked about it, that, you know, everybody was kind of... And Troy Aikman said it's not his ability. You know, he's just tired and wants to be with his family and feel like he's been there long enough. So, good for him. He's walking away evidently relatively healthy. I've seen some pictures of his family, especially since Taylor Swift's running around with Travis. And he looks like he's got two or three kids. And they're pretty young, so I don't, I don't blame him a bit. It's financially stable. So you heard the Eagles post game. Here is Scott Van Pelt, ESPN, with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on their thoughts on what happened and what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like it, Philadelphia Troy came in having lost five of six. They played like it too. And it feels like this may require some sort of forensic analysis <laughs> beyond just what we're capable of discussing right now. But right now, having just seen this thud for this Philadelphia team who was in the Super Bowl last year, how do you make sense of what happened? Uh, well, I make sense of it just because we witnessed it for the last six weeks of the season. You know, and every time it looked like they were getting ready to play an opponent or in a position to maybe turn their season back around, you know, they end up losing the number two seed and then they lose another game. And then they came into this one and saying, hey, everything is still out in front of us. And, you know, I, I know there's a difference between what players and coaches say and what they feel. And they said all the right things, but you could tell they weren't feeling it. And it was obvious when they came out here and took the field. So what happens then is you've got to re-energize a fan base. And to do that, typically there's got to be changes. What changes will that be? I don't know. Will it be Nick Sirianni? I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, knowing Jeffrey Lurie and, and his background and what he's done in the past. But you cannot go into next season uh, status quo. There's going to have to be some changes, and I'm as interested as anyone to see what those are. And the Eagles are not alone. There's going to be a few other teams in that same position that are going to have to address it. But it's going to be a long off season for the Eagles. It was a big disappointment and uh, even bigger one in the way in which they played tonight. It's incredible, isn't it, guys? The way we talked about Dallas and Philadelphia at times in this season and the NFC East both gets, they get thumped, and they're, and they're done, and now here we are wondering about their coaches moving forward. It's pretty astounding how it's ended for both. Wow. I'm, 
after they started 10-1 and one and they were fortunate to beat the Chiefs, let's, let's keep that in mind. Scantling Valdez dropped a sure touchdown pass that would have beaten the Eagles, but they lost. The Chiefs did. And now questions about Nick Sirianni. Now, he mentioned Jeffrey Lurie, who is the owner of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I don't think he's a David Tepper type guy, the, the loose cannon owner of the Carolina Panthers, because think back, he was very patient with Andy Reid. Held on to Reed for quite a while before they ended up parting ways. And uh, good for the Chiefs that they did because, you know, he's put together a Hall of Fame career and two Super Bowl championships with the Kansas City Chiefs. But there are a lot of people very angry. It seems like Philadelphia is an angry city anyway. Uh, yeah. An angry fan base, whatever sport you're talking about. The only team they have in Philadelphia is the Phillies. So I That's don't, the way they look at it now. I don't know what they're going to do in Philadelphia. Uh, but it it appears that the fan base is calling for the same solution as they are in Dallas, Texas. They want a new coach. And is that fair? I mean, Sirianni just took him to the Super Bowl last year. I know, but we talked about that with Berube, the Blues. You win, you're a genius, you lose, now you're stupid. <laughs> so I think it's the way they were losing and what appeared to be... I do, too. Non-adjustments at I certain think a lot times of that, in the game. You know, it's, like I've said a million times, it's not how good you are; it's how good you play. And, and even when they were ten and one, do you remember there were still a lot of people like, well, something doesn't look right with the Eagles. I know that they've got a great record. It didn't look like the powerhouse team that they looked the year before. Exactly. Now, the year before, they went Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, when you went out there, you knew you really you were going to be at that top of your game if he's going to have a chance to be in the game. Now, I'm not saying had A.J. Brown been in the lineup for the Philadelphia Eagles that they win that game well, last night, but he is one of the elite wide receivers in the NFL. He is an impact guy, which is why <laughs> former SEMO grad uh, John Robinson lost his job as the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. He traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Well, i tell you what. I said a while ago that that was the most disappointing performance for me in the playoffs. I don't know. I'd have to throw Dallas in there, too, you know, to expectations of what they should and could do after winning, what, 12 straight games at home? And with this, I didn't have big expectations from Dallas because I, well, it's, the same, it's the same thing every year with I didn't the Cowboys. Have that, no, I'm, uh, you're right. I didn't have the expectations I had, for instance, what Philly's, Philadelphia could do, the Eagles. But still, to see a team run the board at home, not lose a game, and finally feel like that Dak Prescott was an MVP candidate. He was the real deal, maybe. Maybe quit throwing stupid interceptions at the wrong time. I think he'll finish top three or four in the MVP voting. Yeah, he might. So, I mean, well, he, he had, should. He had, yeah, yeah, he had he, a really good should. year. Yeah. But did he look like the same Prescott that we've seen in the playoffs and big games before? Absolutely. Absolutely. He looked just like that guy. Two interceptions, a pick six. A, bear, a very bad game by him. So I, I, I put the Eagles in Dallas, not because that I expected Dallas to do better than the Eagles in the playoffs, because I didn't really. I, I said on this show, and you very well could roll back the tape, that Prescott, as good as he was this year, I thought he was an MVP candidate, that he's going to have to show me in the playoffs and win a game or two at least in the playoffs. For me to get on board with is one of the top. I think there was a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott to perform in the playoffs. Just like I think there's pressure on Lamar Jackson to perform in the playoffs as well. I mean, he's going to win his second MVP award. He's won one playoff game in his career. Now, I know he's been battling injuries the last couple of years. He's healthy now. They're the number one seed. I think there's some pressure on going in. To the playoffs, I thought the most pressure were on. The most pressure was on Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers. He's had the team. He was involved in the 28 to three blown lead in the Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, and they gagged it up against the 
New England Patriots, uh, poor clock management, play calling, throwing the ball, stopping the clock, things of that nature that, I mean, he just he flamed out in that Super Bowl. He has been terrific in San Francisco, but they have not won a Super Bowl. They could have had Jimmy Garoppolo hit the open receiver against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They may have just won it, but they have not won the Super Bowl yet. So those are the three individuals going into the postseason I thought that there was significant pressure on. Prescott, Jackson, and Shanahan. I agree, but also I'd like to throw another guy in there, C.D. Lamb. In the Dallas game, he didn't show up in the first half. He had a couple catches for nothing, for nothing. Just come out of the backfield. They just weren't on the same page. They were talking to each other. Okay, do you think that it was C.D. Lamb's route running or Prescott's hurrying the throws, or do you think it's a little of both? I don't know. Watching He's Prescott, the number one receiver in the NFL. He looked jumpy. He looked like a guy who had a ton of pressure on him, afraid to make a mistake. Well, some of the balls he couldn't even catch. Right. I mean, it was at his feet or six feet over his head. I And you'll admit that CeeDee Lamb this year was the best wide receiver in all of football. Wouldn't you agree that? A hundred and some odd catches. I mean, he, he was... Yeah, he led the NFL in catches. Great. And I think those two in any game, if they click early in the game, you're talking about Dallas moving the ball better. You're talking about getting a lot of first downs, double teaming him. I mean, you know, the game really comes to them if those two guys are on the same page. But now, I'm not saying that it's C.D. Lamb's fault. It may have been his fault, some of it. And it may have been Prescott not picking up uh, him quick enough and not knowing what he's going to do. But, boy, if you don't know what a guy's going to do by now, the eye contact should tell you enough, don't you? you I remember even a little old podunk team like we had at Cape Central in basketball. There's guys on that team that I could give them an eye contact and they knew what to do or I knew what to do when I saw them. You know, break to the back or go to the baseline or, you know, give me a screen. or You know, you, you can tell that by... I don't know if those two guys were on the same page at all that day. But it makes a difference when you've got the number one player in the league at a position and then he does nothing. Now, he he made some catches second half. Those, like we say, those were garbage points. They didn't mean nothing. You know, the game was over. But I was thoroughly disappointed in him, not because I wanted to see him do well. I didn't. But I know what it's like to get into some big games and then your top dogs don't report they they're not there and now those cd lamb is just a, just a uniform on the field the first half so the buffalo pittsburgh game was semi-competitive it got a little competitive in the fourth quarter after that uh did you really think 70... buffalo was going to be losing that game though? no 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 but it got competitive it got i didn't to... get a feeling at all that Pittsburgh was actually. It was twenty-one nothing before you got settled in your seat, man. Yeah. I mean that run by Josh Allen was incredible. And Josh and, Allen looks like the quarterback of a couple of years ago now, doesn't he? I mean he feels he looks confident out there. The run he made for the touchdown was fifty-two yards. <laughs> he was out running defensive backs, safeties. The guy can run. He's a freak. Yeah. Yeah, in, in a dead-out sprint, he might beat a bunch of defensive backs. And there's your speed on your ball club. I'm telling you right DBs. now, there are defensive backs that do not want to try to tackle. <laughs> oh, no. Josh Allen. Well, he's 6'5", 230, yeah, He's a big boy. And, and he doesn't mind hitting you. He's not going to slide in. He's going to give you the shoulder. So here, it's 21 uh, The In the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, the Steelers put together a 12-play, 75-yard drive, took six minutes, made it 24-17. So you're talking about... A seven-point game. And then the play by Khalil Shakir, where it's a crossing route. Allen hits him. The second-best defensive player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, let's not make any, let's not make any mistakes. T.J. Watt is the best player on the Steelers' defense. He's out. The second-best player is Minka Fitzpatrick. He just is. He's an all-pro defensive back. He's got Shakir wrapped up, 
tried to but fl- no. tried to fling him to the ground, didn't finish the tackle. He goes 17 yards, turn off your television. While he was sitting it's on his over. butt watching his number go down the field. Exactly. Poor tackle. Yeah. Guys, and that's it, shocking. I yeah. mean, this is Micah Fitzpatrick, man. I mean, he's a stud. You know, the thing about it is guys want to have their signature tackle. You know, this is his number stands out. How many times do you see a guy get a sack? And then he separates himself from the team and throws MRs back. Every game. You know, he wants everybody to see his number so Every they game. know who did it. Ten times a game. And so that signature play, just the, that, I mean, that, that ended the game when he's he's the only guy that could tackle him out there. You didn't think and Pittsburgh had, was going to win, but that any any chance that they had yeah. ended there. And they were in field goal range anyway. They would have gone up two but scores. But the Steelers, I got the feeling the Steelers couldn't compete at the level they wanted to just because of the talent. Now you had that one bad tackle. But otherwise, I thought the Steelers played okay they played what with what they had and they i just, just say this you know they were in field goal range buffalo but they lost their <laughs> kicker to the hamstring so you know you saw that shank <laughs> the backup guy anyway so it's buffalo and it's kansas city that is going to be a premier game and it will be the sunday night game coming up next week and it's going to be absolutely fun to see the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, first road playoff game right now as we sit here, Jess, and I'm sure it'll fluctuate between now and Sunday night, 5.30. Thank God they're starting it early. We're going to have a 7.15 game Sunday night. CBS, Buffalo, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I I think that's right. I do, too. Um, I'm not saying I don't think the Chiefs can go in there and win. I do think they can go in there and win. But I I think Buffalo should be a favorite. Kansas City, with their improved defense, of course they got a chance. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Three wins for Mahomes, three wins for Allen. But if you had to, you know, like I said, we're not a betting guy on on any sports, but if I had to bet your house, I would take Buffalo. So would I. And knowing full well that I could be wrong. But I still believe the Chiefs can go in there and beat them. Well, there's something about pride. You are the world champions. And for somebody to knock you off, I don't think you need a motivational speech for Kansas City Chiefs at all. I think they'll go in there and give it everything they got. And I'm tired of hearing. How many times have you seen a boxer go in there? He's a champion, but he's not going to win this fight. He's getting beat up, but he'll fight to the end. And I think that's what you should do. If somebody beats the champion, you should have to beat him. And But I think Buffalo, at this moment, has got, at this very moment, maybe have the best quarterback in football. And I always rate it on a big game as who's got the best quarterback. Now, I know Mahomes, talent-wise, he's got as much talent as anybody in the world. But right now, <clears throat> the way... Josh Allen's playing, I think it's a big monumental task for the Chiefs to go in there and win. And like I say, I'll be pulling for them. But, you know, sometimes uh, the throne has to vacate. And I think this might be the year somebody else is going to the Super Bowl besides the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs can get it done. Sure. <laughs> and we'll talk more about it. So as you're going to pick the Chiefs? I'm picking the Chiefs. Okay. Well, I'll be pulling for the Chiefs, although, like I said, if I had to bet your house, I'd bet on Buffalo. Here's a thought. I wonder if anybody has created a Twitter account for Andy Reid's frozen mustache. I would almost bet someone has put a Twitter account together for the Andy Reid frozen mustache. Mustache. There were so many meme, <laughs> so many meme screenshots and everything that went up on social media during that game. Shots of Reed's icicles on his uh, on his mustache. People that's never experienced extreme temperatures, been out in it more than just walking from the car to the house or from the car to the shopping place, or they haven't really been out in it. Don't understand what to. 
unbelievable cold weather can do. Do you think, do you think Taylor Swift can secure a luxury suite in Buffalo for Sunday <laughs> night? She can, yeah, she can get whatever she wants. Think she'll get one? Uh, no question. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I was on the roof of a building one time, and the temperature was like it is now, only worse. It was like the actual temperature was like five below with the wind chill about 45 below. It was just, you know, you couldn't hardly stand. You couldn't hardly take a breath. And my mustache, you know how when you're you're getting a cold, you haven't got it yet, and your nose kind of just runs water. It's just lit, just water is all it is. That came down on my mustache, and I wiped my mustache with my glove, and I broke off half the mustache. I mean, just raked it, you know. That's how bad it can get. So The it, coldest weather that I ever experienced. When Scott Edgar was a SEMO basketball coach, we played in a tournament in Alaska, top of the world classic. And so our hotel was near a bank. And you know how most banks on their video board or their digital, I don't want to say scoreboard, their digital board, they've got time and temperature, right? When we were in Alaska, the only time, one day, and I think we were there for four or five days, only one time did it reach negative single digits while we were there. It got up to minus nine one day. I mean, it was like minus 19, <clears throat> minus 21. Then you had wind chill. And up there, every car has a plug sticking out of its front, the front part of the grill. Every car and every parking spot where we were has a plug-in at the parking spot. You pull up there and you plug your car. And you go to Walmart, you plug your car in because of how cold it is. Mm -hmm. So at our hotel, they've got the sliding doors. And then there is a little area, I don't know, maybe 10 by 8 with another set of sliding there doors. Yeah, so you get to stand in that before the actual doors to the outside open. And when you go from the lobby of the hotel to outside, it takes your breath away. It does. That's how cold it is. That's what I was saying while ago. It, it, so, it was unbelievable how cold it was. I don't know why it does. Maybe the extreme change between the temperature you're breathing in and your body temperature. But it does take your breath. And... um I've been out in it lots of times when it's you know, nobody has any business out in it, you know that kind of thing. And uh, so Reed's mustache, I could say, hey, I didn't notice it or anything, paying attention to it, but he could have broken some if his nose was drizzling, you know, he could have actually broken off that went uh, that mustache. I don't know how your nose does not drizzle in cold like that, <clears throat> right? Well, I tell you one it's thing, my, I tell you how bad mine was that I, I had leather gloves on. Well, let's, but I just let's, kind of, you know how you wipe your nose with your finger. Yeah, I did that, and my mustache was so bad I had to shave it all off because it looked silly. Let's, with a whole patch of hair missing under your nose. Let's not talk about it <laughs> yeah, anymore. It's kind of, but uh, you know that's the only way you can <laughs> let people know how exactly you know how cold it was. And uh, I'm sure the the other day if. Reed was now you're the one who brought this up anyway. Let's be sure we. I just want to know if somebody. I I almost guarantee it. I haven't looked, but somebody has had to have created a Twitter account for Andy Reed's Believe frozen, me, if you don't frozen think mustache. Freeze, uh, you know we talk in the North Pole. They say that you could spit, and before it hits the ground, it's froze. <laughs> spit pellets. Let's not talk about it anymore. Well, you're the snot guy that started it. <laughs> you taking calls? Absolutely. All right. Let's head to the EBOMD Huddle Hotline, where Mike joins us in the hot huddle. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. I've been there, Jess. I used to go out through Wyoming all the time in the winter, and it'd get down to like 20 below with, you know, 30 below, 40 below windshields out there. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It, uh, it 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 it's not anything for the faint of heart to get out in. You know, and uh, Mike I, I, and people that's never experienced that. You know, that's and that's good if you didn't have to experience it. I experienced it growing up. 
I mean, yeah. we, I, I, my bedroom upstairs in the attic had no heat, none at all, ever. And the windows would actually frost up on the inside of the house. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah. I had like 10 blankets on just, just to try to smother me. First time I ever saw that, uh, our family took a vacation, I don't know why, in the wintertime to Minnesota. Oh, goodness. We went through, oh, my. We went through Mankato, <laughs> Minnesota, which at the time, and I don't know if it still is, it was the training camp home of the Minnesota Vikings. And as a kid, it shocked me because we had frost on the inside of our car windows in the back seat where we were riding. Inside the car, the heat was on. Inside the car. So as a kid, I was fascinated by that. And then, of course, well, you're drawing pictures. On in my it house, the window was right next to my bed. And I would write, take my fingernail and write on the ice inside, yeah, inside that's the what roof. We, that's what we did in the back seat. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> Jess would write on the inside, send help, please. Yeah. That was yeah. back in the day when uh, his pet goat, Mojaz, froze to death. Yeah, froze to death inside the house. <laughs> I, well, the wind blew I open the you. door, and the, the Mojaz couldn't stand it. He froze. Mojaz was no more. Poor old legs. He's laying on his side. The wind blew him over, and his legs were sticking straight out. I'll tell okay, you a little sorry, story bro. about going through Wyoming. I was going across Interstate 80 up there through Laramie, Wyoming, and the man came on the AM/FM radio and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, we're having a heat wave." He said, "It's 25 below with a wind chill of 60 below," and that was a heat wave. Good lord! So, kind of gives you an a lot of. If you didn't take care of your truck, you'd freeze up out on the side of the road, and and you'd freeze to death because you wouldn't have any any way to keep heat in there. No, uh, so, I worked out in it was uh, down at by, by the airport at Baikawa, mm-hmm. and it was forty five degrees below wind chill. Yes, and I was in. Guess what I was doing? I was in a JLG. You know what a JLG is? Yeah, I was uh, uh, in a. a lift, uh, in a lift, about 20, yep. 25 feet up in the air, and there's nothing going to knock your breeze up there. Did you have a mustache at the time? <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know, but if if I did, it was on my face only for heat. Yeah, I've never, been to, I've never been to Wyoming, um, <clears throat> Mike, but I've uh, been to Montana a couple of times in the winter. There you go. SEMO basketball once, and obviously a couple of years ago was SEMO football we were out in utah when semo played weber state in the playoffs i was in cheney washington where they had 15 foot snow drifts in the end zone yes, that they had plowed out uh yes, in, the, in the winter time so and we've been to Brookings, south dakota in the winter time so i've been to some cold places but uh nothing like alaska when we were there not talking about this yeah uh because i think we're losing listeners mo jazz was no mo <laughs> I don't know. I think people like to hear different stories, yes. You heard so, you heard about Mo Jazz before, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Um for the Chiefs Kelsey Kelsey was just off the other night. Uh I mean he dropped some balls that, that Kelsey doesn't drop. He dropped the first pass of the game. Yes. And Kelsey has got to be right if they're going to have a chance against Buffalo. I think he will be. I mean, he's, a, yeah, he still that, had seven catches for 71 pass, yards. If you remember, he tried to catch with his hands, and I bet that football was slick as it could be. Slick as And hard as a rock. Wasn't, yes. wasn't slick for Rasheed Rice, man. He caught everything. But, but you know what? You have to catch the ball a little bit with your body. You remember that's the way they used to catch them all, right? As soon as they hit your body, they'd clap the hands around it. And I think in that kind of severe weather, you've got to use your body a little bit more. And I think T- T- Kelsey knew that, and he made some catches a different way. Sometimes yeah. that ball is so, you know, when it gets hard like that, that ball is slick. I just want to know if the Chiefs' defense can slow down Josh Allen's running game. I don't know if they can either. I don't know. That's one of the reasons why I think that Buffalo might win this game. It was like last night with Jalen Hurts, man. One rush for five yards. I mean, that's a big part of his game, man. But you've got to give that Tampa Bay defense a lot of credit. Absolutely. I mean, Todd Bowles is a defensive guy, man. I mean, he was 
He was bringing the heat on Jalen Hurts. How about adjust to the blitz at some point, Philadelphia? Well, Hurts didn't. Hurts didn't have a chance to throw. And by the time that he decided maybe that he could run, all the the lanes were closed. There wasn't anywhere for Hertz to go if he wanted to run last night. I, you, I, and, and he's I'm got like he's got to run more than one time in the football game. Well, you got to set up straight up quarterback runs if you're going to do something like that or scramble. Yeah. I, I mean, when the Chiefs need a first down. Running lanes or not, Patrick Mahomes somehow finds a lane to get the first down with his legs, doesn't he? Usually, yeah. How'd you like that long run by Josh Allen and then that kind of half-baked fake he gave down on about the 20-yard line like he's going to cut to the right? And it worked. I mean, all you got to do is just get one stride off on somebody coming after you. Josh Allen up there with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. They are the most entertaining quarterbacks to watch play the game. In a straight-up sprint, I would take Josh Allen against anybody, any quarterback. I think I'd take uh, Lamar Jackson. Well, I'd like to see it. Yeah. Just because... I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of partial to the boy in Kansas City. I, I, I just really am. I would not. Hey. I'm not my home. Not in foot speed. I, I wouldn't take him at foot speed Mike, at all. I, I said before, I take him in 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 the guy that's got the best moves as a quarterback in a running game. I said before the playoffs, Mike. I thought Dak Prescott, Kyle Shanahan, and Lamar Jackson have right. probably the most pressure on them. Don't you think there's some pressure on Lamar Jackson to to produce? And get to the at least get to the Super Bowl. He's got one playoff victory. At least win a couple of games in the playoffs because you know he's going to be a two-time MVP now. Uh, if not now, when is Lamar Jackson going to win a Super Bowl? This is true. I agree with you. And and see, I want to run this by you guys. Dak Prescott. Could you kind of put him along the lines of a baseball relief pitcher that? Seventh, eighth inning, they're dynamite, they're great. But when that pressure of the ninth inning comes, they can't close. Could you put Dak Prescott along that line at, that during the regular season he's he's great, but when that playoff pressure comes, that's when he gets up when it gets to him? Clayton, you know what Clay, I think Clay, about him? Clayton Kershaw, <clears throat> regular season dynamite, yes. postseason not so much. Craig Kimbrell. Blowing guys away in the regular season. Do you trust him in a playoff game? No. You know what I think about Prescott? What's and that? this is just a poor boy's opinion. A lot of times, and I've had teams that's really done well in playoffs and national play and stuff like this, and I've had teams that I thought should have done way better than we did. I think a lot of players, when they get in the playoffs, it's a different game. And they yes, they make is. they they make it a different game. If I had anything to say to Prescott, if I was coaching Dallas, I would have him say, "Look, play it, go out there and have fun. Play the game like just like you did all season. It's just a baseball game or a football game or whatever the situation is." And I think a lot of people and athletes, and it's okay, it's justifiable that they make that playoff game a different type of game, and it gets them off their game because they they elevate that game to more than it should be. And then I think Prescott might be one of those guys. Well, let me ask you this then. When you play for an owner like Jerry Jones, who makes the comments and and stuff and and is not satisfied, I I mean, you're looking at Mike McCarthy maybe getting fired after two two or three 12-win seasons. When when you play for an owner like Jerry Jones, how much does that cause you to grip the football a little tighter? Maybe, you know, rush things a little bit because you're playing for an owner who demands that from you. I agree. I agree. And the thing about it is with the the 12-win season, I think he's had three straight 12-win seasons. Three, yeah. Right. Let me ask a you A guy this. like Jerry Jones, you know, when you take the field the other day with Dallas Cowboys, in a game that they're, gosh, they're favored to win easy. You know he haven't done anything. Do you know that twelve and five season meant nothing? Ain't that true? It meant nothing. Now the season starts, 
And I think Jerry Jones judges you on that. If that you're the Cowboys, if you're the Cowboys, let me ask you this. Do you think Mike McCarthy is a top 10 head coach in the National Football League right yes. now? Yes, yes, Top I do. five, I'd say. I, I, think, I think he's top five. I don't think he's top 10. I, I think I can name 10 coaches better than Mike McCarthy. <laughs> and if you're the Dallas Cowboys... You need to have a bigger name coach well, then you, coaching your team. You're a numbers guy. You're a stat guy. Now, go you, back. We're uh, talking if you're saying that Mike McCarthy's not a top ten coach, then you don't have numbers to back you up. Yeah, that's just your opinion. Because he's got numbers. Let's face it, the wins and losses. He's got a Super Bowl, but he's a losing coach <clears throat> in the playoffs. He's not. I, a, I just. I just don't think he's a top ten coach in the National Football League. I, I'll give you that. I don't think he's good in the playoffs. He was that the one year, and you know, living off that one year. But far as a good coach and getting wins done, I think the numbers not going to back you up if you say he's not a top ten coach. No, an um, active top I ten would, coach. No, right now. what do you mean? No, I just don't think he is. Oh, you got the computer. What's his one loss record in the in the NFL? <laughs> Uh, You're afraid to look the numbers up whenever it's not going to satisfy you. I can't believe you think he's a top 10 coach in the National Football League. Well, last three years, has Dallas been a top 10 team? In the regular season? Well, okay. I mean, there's a lot of teams. Look at Buffalo. When they went to the Super Bowl four years in a row, they didn't win one because of kicker. They didn't turn the laces right or whatever happened on a little old 33-yard field goal. Was they one of the best teams? Was they actually one of the best teams to get the family. Super Bowl four times? Buffalo? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well, they didn't win, so no. let's fire everybody. Nobody, Don't give me credit for anything because they didn't win. That's not what I'm saying. Well, it is what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Dallas Cowboys can do better than Mike McCarthy. Look at the look at the cr- crew of coaches Before since McCarthy Jimmy Johnson left. You're talking Barry Switzer, Chan Gailey, Wade Phillips, Jason okay, Garrett. You, you rated any of those guys high? No. Okay, I don't either. Well, I don't either. But, but you're the Dallas freaking Cowboys, man. Bill Belichick is ready to go. Mike Vrabel is right there. I don't think there's anybody in the National Football League, if you said you could have Mike McCarthy or Mike Vrabel, that anyone's taking McCarthy. I bet you McCarthy. if you ask Jerry Jones before they hired McCarthy, do you think he's a, one of the top ten coaches? I think you would hear that, oh, yeah, yeah, he is. That's why we're going to hire him. Just because he lost this one game in the playoffs, well, like everybody else does, that the coaches the Cowboys, let's throw a little heat where it belongs. Jerry Jones put so much pressure on a guy that it's hard for him to walk. Let me ask you this: If he'd have won that playoff game, if he'd have won the next playoff game, would that have made him a top ten coach, Eric? I just don't think he's a top ten coach, man. I don't, he, at the end of games, his clock management <clears throat> skills are laughable, just like Andy Reid's were when he was in Philadelphia. Was Dan Marino a top ten quarterback? Absolutely. No, he wasn't. He didn't win. That's he never a, got the Super Bowl. That's that's that's, not, your, that's your theory. That's not what I'm saying. Well, it is what uh, you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> it is. Too. I mean, he just does not. Win well. What? What are you? Why are you saying Marino was top ten quarterback then? Because the numbers pointed out in a regular and the, season and the eyeball test. There's a lot more that goes into winning than just Let's one. Let's be sure player. we understand each other. That I agree with you, you about Marino. Okay, I agree with that. He was one of the top ten quarterbacks. Just simply didn't have the team to finish it off, or maybe he, the pressure got to Marino. Is Ernie Banks a top ten shortstop? Absolutely. See, I mean, it's just yeah, the ring counting. I don't know that you can just you know go by ring count. You know you're contradicting yes. yourself right now. He's not a top ten coach in the National Football <laughs> But you're football contradicting league. yourself. You're saying that Banks was a top ten. You're saying that That's correct. these other people were. They didn't win nothing. Dan Marino never won anything. But So you're going right against yourself. But you're they, saying McCarthy's no good because he was good in the regular season. Because they crash and burn. His teams crash and burn. <laughs> Okay. You're in charge of everything. One player cannot win in any sport. I never seen a guy make make one statement and turn around and go right against himself like you did. Coaching and playing is different. You look like, you know what you acted like then, Eric? 
Someone a debate who, team, and you're the somebody vote, you're both who sides. is absolutely smart about it, and he is just not a top ten guy coach that plays chess and he's the only playing against himself. League. Just not a top ten coach in the National Football League. I'm, z- I'm so glad that you brought up Ernie Banks. You brought up uh, I brought up Marino just to show you that the playoffs makes it top off. It, it tops you off as as a team or as a quarterback, as a Hall of Famer. It does, but. You turned around then and said these guys are top ten and they'd never accomplished anything. How many World Series did Ernie Banks play in? He didn't. No, Dan Marino. How many Super Bowls did he ever win? You just got to no. throw. You got to throw Mike Trout so out gotta, with the trash. So you're throwing McCarthy, the same guy that does well in the regular season, but never won a Super Bowl. You're saying he that, did win a Super Bowl. Let, let's isolate him. He did win a Super okay, Bowl. Okay, yeah, I know he did. But let's that wasn't enough for you. If you're throwing him in the same boat. Do you think he's a top 10 coach? I just got through saying I did. Okay. Is he better than Bill Belichick? What now, see, you're going against yourself is he, again. Is he better than... Don't you understand? You're, you're, you're making an argument against yourself. What are you, what are you talking about? I, because you're saying a guy is no good that wins in the regular season, and then you're saying Ernie Banks is a Hall of Famer, top ten. You're saying that Dan Marino sure is. It's a coach versus a player. Totally different. He's the coach of the organization. <laughs> but He's the one making okay, the decisions. He's calling let's, plays. Let's eliminate the one Super Bowl he won. That year he was good. He was smart, wasn't he? By that he had argument. a great year, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, was he the smartest? I just don't think right now he's a top that 10 That year, coach. he won the Super Bowl. Who he would was... you take, Bill Belichick or Mike McCarthy? Who would you take, well, John, if I, if, hey, John Harbaugh or Mike McCarthy? If I had uh, a quarterback that uh, New England had, <laughs> I'd take McCarthy. Do you think Belichick won because he's a great coach, or do you think he won because he had the best quarterback? Because he was the best coach, and he had the best quarterback. Yeah, he was a good defensive coach. What's he doing now? You honestly think Mike McCarthy— How come he can't coach up the New England Patriots Mike McCarthy is a better coach than Bill Belichick. Is Belichick coaching New England now? Well, he just interviewed with Atlanta yesterday. He's going to coach somewhere. Well, sure he is, but why why is it now he's he's not good enough to coach New England? Because he's a terrible— Because he didn't win. Because he's a terrible general manager— he picked the team. Yeah. Mike, hey, Mike, break in here and say something. There is nobody I, on the trying, <laughs> other Other than you, there is no one that would take Mike McCarthy over other Bill Belichick. <clears throat> In other words, the whole world wouldn't take him except me. Yes. And that's, I, apparently, Mike. that's what you're I, saying. I thought Mike took him. I'm going to tell you. Did you take him, Mike? I'm going to tell uh, you coaches that are better well, than McCarthy. Well, wait a minute. You talk all the time. How about Mike talking? Go ahead, Mike. I will say this. I would take Mike McCarthy as my head coach in a heartbeat today. Oh, my God. I would. Now, wait a minute. Let me finish. Bill Belichick, you, you, you put the players on the field that you have. They have to perform. Would Dallas be – what would Dallas be doing right now if they had Tom Brady in his prime at quarterback right now? Yes, They'd be I putting agree. up world championships. Maybe. Maybe. No, maybe. No maybe. Would you say Tom Brady's the best quarterback that ever lived? He can't play defense. Is Tom Brady the best quarterback <laughs> he ever lived? Absolutely is. Okay. Why didn't they? Why didn't they win every year? Because of Tom Brady. That's why oh. they won. Oh, fellas! Then they, sh- I, then they should I have won. They, they should have won every a... year. Well, they almost did. But they didn't. How many Super Bowls did they win? Seven. Six. Six Super he Bowls. Won, he won seven. They won six. It all comes down to that quarterback. And if he chokes in the big games like Prescott does, you're not going to win. I don't care how good your defense is. I think Tom Brady on Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys be going for a Super Bowl right now. Bill if Belichick. If he was 30 years Bill old. Bill Belichick would win with Dak Prescott. Well, then let's, let's okay, regular get season, rid of McCarthy Playoffs. and let's hire Belichick. I mean, if, there are if plenty of believe, cow, cowboy fans that want to hire Belichick. Well, I, I won't you that. ever say that Belichick was a bad coach because he wasn't. He's one of the best ever lived. But to say that McCarthy couldn't win if he had Tom Brady on that team, come on, Dallas would sweep <laughs> through, and you know it. But you got to play defense. Well, of course you do. They didn't play. They got steamrolled. You don't have to play defense. They ran they, right over St. Louis Rams won a Super Bowl, and their defense wasn't very good. It was top 10. 
Oh, gosh, yeah. It was. Top 10, but look at points. Loud. Lovey Smith's defense yeah. was top 10 the year they You're won the Super You're making me angry. That's, that's too bad. <laughs> No, I don't get it. I think I can, I name, I think hey, I can my, name 10 head coaches right now that general managers would take actively over Mike McCarthy. Mike, I don't get angry at my son. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I'm just telling you. You, you, you do realize we've just blown through the hard break you needed. That's to fine. We'll get the break in. You guys have a great day. And All right, take Mike. Care and stay warm. All right. Appreciate I love it. Call, Healthy Mike. debate. Mike, Mike Tomlin is better. John Harbaugh is Never better. Never going to get off of this, are you? <clears throat> Mike Vrabel is better. Andy Reid is better. Sean Payton is better. I think we should better. have a commercial. We can do that. <laughs> Dan Campbell right now I think is a better football coach. Coach of the Packers is better than Mike McCarthy. I think there are a lot of coaches better than Mike McCarthy. Because we'll get into high school coaches. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good high school coaches around. Time out. Sean McVay is better. Kyle Shanahan is better. Who'd McVay coach? The Rams. How about uh, Buffalo? Didn't he coach Buffalo, too? Oh, no. No, he was the offensive coordinator for the... What was the Buffalo coach when they won four straight Super Bowls? You remember Um, that? It was. Little blonde-headed, white-haired guy. I can't remember his name. I'll think of it during the break. Yeah. Sports Shuttle coming right back. Sports Shuttle, SEMO, ESPN, 1220, AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online at SEMO, ESPN.com. No football tonight. Chiefs and Buffalo Bills, 530 Sunday night. Jess? The uh, the Chicago Cubs have introduced their new pitcher, Shota Imanaga, at a press conference yesterday. He's a left-handed relief pitcher, right? Yes, he's a yes, and <clears throat> so he speaks limited English, but he knows the word "thank you." He does have that. He did have this to say at his press conference where he's sitting next to Jed Hoyer, his translator, wearing a Cubs hat and a Cubs jersey, Shota Imanaga. Hey, Chicago. (laughs) What do you say? (laughs) Cubs are going to win today. told him to say that that was uh that was, that classic. was, was way to go that was classic i love that and you know i'm not a cub fan as i think most people know but i'll say this i love that jingle go cubs go you're gonna win today i love that i think it it's classic and i think the whoever taught this guy those few words was gonna win him a lot of fans don't you think before you ever make the pitch totally agree so here's what we've got we're down to the final eight okay the final eight in the nfl and it all starts on saturday we've got two games saturday and the semo basketball games jess will be 130 and 340 345 so you're looking at 545 six we're probably out of there by 615 latest so we'll miss the first game, or at least we'll be able to catch the end of it on the radio. Uh, Texans at Ravens, and that'll be 3.30 ESPN. And then the Saturday night game, Packers at Niners, Fox. Sunday, two games, Tampa Bay will be in Detroit. Remember, the, they used to be in the same division. Bucks lions and then it wraps the entire weekend, wraps up CBS, Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. It's not a bad lineup. No, it's not. You know what I've got a I don't know why. I've got this feeling that somebody we're not even talking about is going to the Super Bowl. 
and I don't know why I've got this feeling. You know how you get a hunch about somebody or some team or some boxer, especially when uh, a fighter's fighting and he's way underdog, uh, like Cassius Clay was at Sonny Liston. That was supposed to be a fight that doesn't last over three rounds. Sonny Liston was a mauler, street fighter. I mean, and Clay was just an up-and-coming loud man. Well, I don't know if Cassius Clay would have beaten him had the <coughs> mafia not told Liston to take yeah. a dive. Yeah, I don't I, know. I, yeah, Maybe he could have. I agree, and I do think that's what happened. But it did set up Ali to become the fighter he was. I think that. But anyway, a team that uh, some reason is giving me the hunch that they're going to the Super Bowl, and that's Detroit Lions. Now, you know that's got to be a, just a hunch because they're going to have to get by the 49ers, and that might be hard to do. That's if the 49ers get by the Packers. You've got two teams that have first-year starting quarterbacks are in the final eight. You've got C.J. Stroud at Tex, er, for the Texans. Oh, he's having a great year. Ooh. And then you've got Jordan Love for the Packers. So it's Texans-Ravens, Packers-49ers. We see the two young quarterbacks on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you've got veterans in Mahomes and Allen and then Baker Mayfield and Jared And, Goff. you know, Detroit will probably be an underdog in every game they play. When you say they're a six-point favorite oh. against Tampa Bay, oh. they're at home. It's a home game for them. Well, they won't be against San Francisco. No, assuming San Francisco gets there, you never know what's going to happen. Everybody thought Dallas would get yeah. by Green Bay. Um, but I like Jared Goff. I like Detroit's defense. I, I just so a lot of things I like about them. And boy, that would that is off the wall. That's almost like picking Texas A&M to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. Yeah, I don't think uh, Texas A&M can go into Tuscaloosa and win. Not now. They did when I said they were, and I'm going to live on that until the end of the time. I don't remember that. I know you don't, but Marty does. <laughs> it's the only one that matters. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why I'm getting this feeling about Detroit, but, uh, you know, it's just if you're Belichick, an old, old sports guy with a hunch. If you're Belichick, do you want the Falcons' job? They've got <clears throat> They've got talent. At skill positions. No, he's proven he can't win without but talent. He, but he, Nobody can. They've got talent. They don't have a quarterback. They draft eighth. You can't hardly win in the NFL without a quarterback. No, you, you know, can't. Top they draft eighth. Can they put a package together? If I'm Belichick, are you going to a place? They've got talent. In a weak division, but no quarterback. He just came from a place that had no quarterback. You know, to me... There's only it's one, his fault they didn't have a quarterback. One team that ever he won drafted a Super Bowl. Mac Jones. Only team that ever won a Super Bowl without a quarterback, to me, was the Baltimore Ravens. Trent, when, Trent Dilfer? Yeah, when they said, just don't make any mistakes. You know, don't throw any interceptions. Well, defense will win it. Well, also. <clears throat> I think the 85 Bears could I'm not won. saying he didn't have a quarterback, but you have to, you have to judge it on its own merit. What Joe Gibbs did with the Washington Redskins, he won three Super Bowls with three quarterbacks. Mark Rippon, Joe Theismann, Doug Williams. Now, Rippon wasn't some journeyman. He was How the, would you rate those He was the MVP that year. How would you rate those three quarterbacks? Theismann is the best. Um, Rippon right. was number two, and Doug Williams had a flash, got hot. He was number three. Yep. In terms of talent. But... Think, That's of, way I would think about that. <clears throat> How many coaches have won multiple Super Bowls with different quarterbacks? And by the way, we were I can't believe we couldn't think of Marv Levy, who was the head coach of the Buffalo Bills four straight Super Bowls. Marv Levy is still In his time, was he a top ten? Oh yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Never, never won. He won four AFC. Never won a Super Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. So let's, he can't be top ten. Marv Levy is still alive. Jesse is 98 years old. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Still going. Well, you know, he looked, I don't want to say looked old, but he looked senior citizen back when he was coaching. Back in the day. Yeah. He so a, I guess he was. It was a great interview, too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, I would have loved to have seen him win a Super Bowl. But how about the quarterback? The quarterback took him to the Super Bowl four years in a row, wasn't it? Jim Kelly. He Jim was a quarterback Kelly. for all of those Was teams. he a top ten? T no. 
At that time, was he top ten? Oh yeah. Oh. At yeah. the time. Yeah, he was, and I'd love to see him one win a Super Bowl. But that Buffalo team, let's face it, for four years they were great. They were the best team in football, and there was no question they were. Scott Norwood. Have you got a hunch about anybody getting the Super Bowl Wide in right. AFC or NFC that maybe you would think, why am I thinking they might make it? You know, the, the our logical choice no. is is, is uh, San Francisco against Ravens. That's right. the logical choice. And over the whole year, those were the two best teams. I think somebody's going to beat the Ravens, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills. <clears throat> I do, too. I don't have a good feeling about the Ravens making it. I could see Buffalo and Detroit, and I'm probably the only one in the, on the continent that thinks that those two teams could match up. But I think with the two quarterbacks on those two teams and the defenses both those teams have, I think they could make it. I think Detroit could make it. And, boy, that'd be a bombshell, wouldn't it, if Detroit went to the Super Bowl? Because they've had, what, a decade of mediocrity? But, you know, teams rise 30, from the ashes. 30 years. They've had teams rise. Look at the Rams. They were the last place team before they went to the Super Bowl and won it the very next year. 4-12 and 12 to 12-4. Twelve and four. Yeah, so yep. it happens. But I'll admit my little hunch was wrong as soon as Detroit gets eliminated. <laughs> but uh, All right, well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll say that I never said that. We'll roll back the tape and see that maybe I did. The lovely and talented Dawn Sean has a day off today. She's tuning into the huddle today. She's laughing at us. And I uh, want to say hello to her. Hope she has a wonderful day. She's home with the cats, sending me pictures of her and the cats. You got a, uh, got a final nugget for us? Yeah, I want to thank everybody that stuck to the show and didn't turn us off because they thought uh, it was real what we were doing. Uh, say hi to my girls, too, down in... Texas, Michelle's water lines froze in Ooh. Texas, folks. Can you believe that? Mm. And uh, Kim we've got, in Columbia. We've, we've got all of our faucets dripping at the house. Um, and Geneva here in Cape, re- still recovering from her little surgery she had. And uh, my boys, I feel for Tom, especially he's out in this weather. Mm. How about this one? This is going to be my one that I don't even know who wrote it. I don't know if I wrote it. I doubt it. But anyway, I'm not claiming I did. Patience and perseverance have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. Did you get any of that? No. No. I'm going to read it again so you can hear it because this has a lot to do with our show today. No one has patience on this show between you and I. I was told by my own daughters I don't have, I don't have any patience yeah. last night. Patience and perseverance, maybe you got a little perseverance, have a magical effect before which difficulties disappear and obstacles vanish. So that's the thought of the day. Hey, my thought of the day is be kind to somebody. Boy, we really need that now. If you had a gas pump, that guy's freezing to death, too. Say hi. Hi, Eric. Hey, hi. You're not smiling. Especially. Most people smile when you Especially say. if you've got a frozen mustache. <laughs> Hello. I like your mustache. Have a good day, folks. It's frozen. Jess, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Stay tuned. Greenies up next. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody.